everyone out there. Welcome to another edition of Talking Tigs. I'm your host, Scott Gerard, joined as always by Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. Uh, we got uh, another LSU game in the books. Didn't turn out the way we probably thought. Um, LSU gave it a valiant try, at least on defense, but uh, they ended up losing uh, 20 to 7 to Texas A&M in College Station. Yeah, so we had that, you know, some more news. We might have another player opting out, and uh, we got this uh, this game of the century coming up this weekend, although I, I don't think it's going to be billed as such this go-around. Um, but before we get into that, I want to check in with my co-hosts, uh, see see how you guys are doing. I don't know. I, I'll be honest with you. Um, it was, I was kind of bummed after the game, but it's like every game this year except for maybe one, if LSU played awful, always had the Saints kind of pick me up the next day. Yeah. And that happened yesterday. And they did it without, and they're doing it without Drew Brees. Go, go figure. Um, so I don't know. Hopefully you guys are having a, a similar effect to where the, the Saints will pull us up from our, our LSU doldrums. But um, yeah, tell me, tell me how you guys are doing. I mean, for me, obviously, yeah, Saturday sucked. Like we suck. We're, we're not good. This season is pretty awful. But um, I made a really good jambalaya that day, which was awesome. Uh, smoked a turkey on Tuesday for in anticipation of Thanksgiving. Took the leftover took turkey, put that in the jambalaya. It was kind of a big brain play. I'm proud of myself for it. Um, and then also, you know, like you said, the Saints playing well, which is cool. And uh, you know, I guess we can be thankful for that. That's about the only th- the only thanks we were given for uh, this weekend. Yeah, on a personal uh, level, I had a good Thanksgiving, got to see some some family and some friends, eat some good food. That was very nice. Uh, the game obviously brought the the mood down a little bit, which is kind of weird considering like the score was basically what the prediction was as far as like the, the betting line or whatever, but uh, just the way it rolled out was, was rough. But we'll go into that in a second. But yeah, overall doing pretty good and uh, hoping – against hope that we do a little bit better against Alabama as unlikely as it may seem. Yeah. I wouldn't hold your breath on that one. <laughs> right. Well, I, I don't know. I feel like, um, you know, they, they, they know, they probably know it's, it's slim to none, but like they have the chance to play spoiler. I know that doesn't mean that they'll win, but it's, I don't know. I feel like they can at least try new things because they're just going to go up against a crimson wall on uh, on saturday but let's talk about this maroon uh, maroon wall they couldn't get over this past weekend uh i don't know i'll be honest i it felt like the 2011 title game to me where you just watched lsu play pretty good defense probably the best defense they've played all year but offense could not get it going unlike uh 2011 at least the coach made a, a quarterback change um it it mostly came after one play, but you could just kind of tell throughout the game that, you know, it just, it just wasn't, they weren't able to do anything. Um, Coach O was actually asked about it today. And, you know, as part of tell the truth Monday, I got, I got to say that I, I could see it in the game. There was just, uh, you know, if TJ had maybe three, four seconds to throw a ball, maybe we just saw some things. Um, they did have a touchdown taken away too, which I thought was kind of a BS call. So I don't know if that would have changed the flow of the game, Maybe, 
But it just it seemed like LSU needed a spark, but they never quite got it. The only spark I saw was when Coach O yelled at TJ Finley. Um, but that's you know that was its own thing. I guess he felt like TJ needed to hear that because it was a it was kind of a bad play. But I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't put it all on TJ because he just he didn't have any time. You know they couldn't mm-hmm. create any running lanes either. I think the O line cost us this game. It seems like each week it could be a different group or something different to put it on it's never quite consistent which is where the opposite of last year you know it's like at first the defense was bad but they kind of came to form towards the end of the year uh defense is kind of coming to form now it seems we'll see how they go against alabama but they did hold the number five team in the country to you know basically 13 points uh so i, I don't know it's like all all she had to do was score two touchdowns but they couldn't even get one so oh they got one but uh it was way too late at that point but um yeah, I don't know. I was uh, – it was just kind of hard to watch. I actually waited in agony just to see if they would score. <laughs> uh, and they did, thankfully. Otherwise, that would have been a much worse loss, I think. Uh, luckily, LSU averted that. That would have just been even more humiliating <laughs> than with the loss we saw. But uh, I don't know, Tommy. I mean, I, I kind of can kind of guess how you probably feel about it. Uh, but um, – I don't know. Did you see any any silver lining? Like, did you see anything at that game that kind of gave you some hope of at least about something? I mean, the defense did play well, and I think you're right. That was definitely the defense's best performance of the year. Um, I think it's really interesting that you know, I, I feel like uh, A and M's almost an outlier. Like they're they're still running like that 2008 style offense. You know, like the, a lot of uh, hand, hand the ball off, power run. They're throwing a fullback every now and then, you know, play set up, play action pass. Kellen Mond did not have a great uh, game. What was his stat line name? He was uh, 105 yards. Yeah, 11 to 34 for 105. Yeah, so like how often do you see a, a quarterback? I mean, is it even conceivable that the other top five teams, you know, the other four top five teams – quarterbacks would throw for under 300 you know what i mean so in today's age of football a&m is really the outlier and i guess this is a silver lining i don't know if this is really good for us though uh bo pelini's defensive scheme seemed to really be able to eat that up um now a lot of people would say well that's not good because a&m is the only team that that does this in major college football so why are we why are we basically game planning for the you know for the one for the one team that does it but that is kind of what the four three is kind of built to do is stop that power run game and that play action pass. Um, other than that, I don't think there was much good. And I think that, I think that this, this game of all game, like this is probably the worst game of it, of them all as far as like for the program. Why would you say that? Because I just felt like, I felt like it was just demoralizing and uninspiring and it didn't seem like anything really, you know, yeah, they did make adjustments and yeah, like changes were made and, you know, Coach O is, is admitting, you know, hey, we, he, I, I saw him, like he said in the press conference, he said, we need, we just need to call better plays. Like I feel, I thought our play calling was bad, but like that doesn't really do much for us on Monday. I know, I know it's good to, to tell the truth on Monday, you know, whatever, but, um, you know, this, this game felt like just an absolute, this, this felt like the most departure from what we saw last year 
and I'm not even talking about performance wise, but just play calling and attitude. And, you know, this felt like a less miles game to me. I would, I could totally see less miles doing this, right? Totally. Less miles coach team. <laughs> That's and, what it felt like. And so like, at least if we're going to lose, let's lose hurling the ball down this, down the field. Let's lose, you know, sp- splitting people, splitting our running back out in five wide receiver, you know, formation, and then throw them a bubble screen and see what happens. You know, let's not lose uh, the last, that last series of the, of the first half where A&M and, and LSU like punted three times to each other. Remember that it was two minutes left in the, in the game. In yeah. The, the announcers the, kept going like, Oh, the other team gets a chance to score. And then like nothing happened. Yeah. It was like two minutes. There were two minutes left in LSU punted, then A&M punted, then LSU punted, then A&M punted. Like that should not happen. That's a, that, that just doesn't make any sense. So, you know, the, the, just the amount of three and outs. Um, I agree. Like I actually don't blame TJ for that. I thought, I thought that coach kind of got out of TJ for not no reason, but like that was, I thought, in my view, that was more more so the uh, offensive line. You know, they couldn't stop anybody. Um, but you know, the blame does fall on the quarterback in some in some cases. So I get that, but I didn't think Max Johnson really showed us anything else. Um, I think that this cemented. I think we're definitely going to lose one of them now. Like I think one of them is going to go going to transfer at the end of this year because. Like with the with this, like no one is no one has won this job now. Miles is probably is is staying, I guess, and uh, no one is like I don't think either of them are going to be cemented as the number two guy. I could see kind of almost like a Joe Burrow scenario where whoever loses that number two, whoever loses in spring, will probably transfer because you've got Garrett Nussmeyer coming up and Walker Howard the next year. Yeah, I mean. It's a true freshman quarterback playing an SEC schedule. You can't really expect the world from them. But at this point, TJ Finley has had one good game against South Carolina, uh, one okay game against Arkansas, and two pretty poor games against uh, Auburn and then uh, this week against Texas A&M. And then Max Johnson has done okay in the the positions he's been put in in both in relief in the Auburn game and in this one. Uh, So right now I wouldn't really say one has much of an edge over the other or over Miles Brennan. So, yeah, I kind of agree with you there. But just going back to the general offensive woes, I think a lot of it stems from our offensive line play. Uh, we couldn't get any push off the ball. The run game was just not there. Like, Ty Davis-Price had 11 carries for 18 yards. Like, that's – I mean, obviously, LSU offense has changed a lot since the West Miles era, but that is almost, like, unthinkable for – for a long time and then when you can't get any run game going then they know you're going to try and pass and then so they can just bring rushers which is what they did it's a tj finley over and over so he had no time to throw he's trying to find his second or third option but he's got no time and then he misses his open targets when he does have them uh, so it all just kind of collapsed on itself there uh, and so just a real depressing display to watch and it's I'll, like, it's I'll, like the opposite of like what we talked about last year where last year we were really, really, really good at taking what they were going to give us. If, if, you know, if uh, I'm trying to think of which team, but we'll just say like, I don't know if this is exactly what, but like if Alabama was saying like, okay, we're going to, we're going to play pass coverage. In fact, no, this is exactly, no, this is exactly right. When Alabama was like, we're going to stop Joe Burrow. We're going to jump into pass coverage. Clyde had the game of his life. Remember Clyde just ran all over. Uh-huh. He had the, he had like the clutch touchdowns, everything. Then in the, in, you know, on the, on the flip side, when 
a team was like, okay, we got to stop Clyde. We got to stop this run game. We're going to stop this, this kind of option. You know, we're going to spy Joe Burrow so he can't scramble around. Well, then Joe sat in the pocket, had plenty of time, and picked apart defenses throwing darts. Well, we couldn't do, you know, they, they took away the, they took the, they took away the pass game and the defense and the run game. And we just didn't do anything. Yeah. And then I think a lot of it, like we talk about the evolution of the college game towards pass heavy offense. Uh, you kind of forget about just how good, like a stud running back kind of like Najee Harris or Travis Etienne can be, or like last year with JK Dobbins for Ohio state, because they can burst through a seam and gash you for 50 yards or come out of the backfield, catch a wheel route and hurt you that way. So you always have to take that into account and then you can't just, yeah, like we're saying sin rushers. And then that opens up your playbook so much more. And we had that last year too with Clyde Edwards Alaire. So that allowed us to be so much more effective. And then since we don't have that kind of one true back this year, I think that's limited our play calling a lot. And the the true freshman quarterbacks have suffered from that along with what I had said earlier about the offensive line, just not really giving us the support or the time that we need. We, we don't really have anything on, on offense. Yeah. Like it's just, that's just simple. Like, you know, I'd say our strength is our receiving core, but if we can't get the ball to him, then, you know, just wave at him. Hey, guys, y'all look good over there. Because, I mean, it's, it's, it's really sad because, like, you know, there's the talent is there, I think. I mean, we talked about our, we talked about this recruiting class. Last year, we were excited about this recruiting class. Kayshawn Butte, I mean, he did have a, he did have a good game, I felt like, and that, that, you know, he was robbed of a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, Coy Moore, I thought, you know, looked looked pretty decent. He's looked okay throughout this this whole year. I did see. I thought this was interesting. Um, he started the game punt returning in for Stingley, which I didn't really, you know, I thought that was interesting. He did muffle one. He did muffle one, but yeah. I mean, but he did start. I don't know why that was. Um, but it it's just uh, a spe- like especially on the offensive the the offensive side of the ball has been uninspired. Uh, I haven't seen anyone really stand out. The standout player has been Terrace Marshall. And as we'll get into later, uh, you know, was Terrace Marshall. (laughs) The standout player was Terrace Marshall. Bye-bye. Right. Uh, Yeah, but I think it all, it starts and stops at this point, at least at this point in the season with the O-line, like you've, you've both said, and that's pretty much what O said. You can talk about the play calling, but it's like, it doesn't matter what they call if you don't have enough time to throw it or if you don't have enough, push to you know give give the running back some some room to run but uh i don't know if you could say it was texas a line texas a&m's front or their game planning or what but they just always seem to have it i think there's blood in the water has been for you know since miles left and everyone that we play knows go after these guys uh we'll just force them into mistakes and that's what they do and we can't stop it and that's what it is you know, uh, I think we were lucky to score that touchdown. Uh, uh, still, I think we, we should have had one in the beginning, but I, I kind of feel like it still would have been the same. You know, uh, usually a touchdown will like spark you, but uh, I don't know. There just there wasn't anything there to to kind of generate any sort of momentum for them at all. Uh, I thought maybe bringing Max in might have gave it a different look. They said they wanted to try him because he's more mobile, but. Yeah, you know, he couldn't even run anywhere. He was always had somebody in his face. So we just we made them look good, and we're going to continue to do so. And I guess there's nothing we can do about it. Um, I 
it doesn't really feel like there's any, you know, it's not like, it's not like uh, TJ played the whole game and then you can say, okay, well, like next week, I want to see all of Max Johnson, right? Or it's not like, oh, well, Miles was injured. So next week, Miles is coming back. You know, it, there's, there, you're right. Like, there's, that's it. This is our team. Like, this is what we have for now. And, you know, either we're going to need some, some leadership and some growth and some, you know, some people stepping up and maybe some, even some guys who we haven't even seen on the field. There were a lot of players who we'd never even seen step on the field this year, pl- like, like play in the early parts of the game. Um, 27, isn't that, was that Keenan Dunn, Daniel? Yeah, they had a, a lot of backups in and people like Jaquel and Roy like was making plays on the defensive line. And then, yeah, just scrolling through like Jordan Tolls, highly rated yeah, he, safety. He was on he the was field playing. for I a saw bit. Tolles. Like Josh White, true freshman outside linebacker, was getting some snaps. Um, Might as well get him some playing time, right? I mean, just get him ready for next year at this point, just to see who's got what. Um, maybe somebody stands out. But uh, uh, I'd say, yeah, might as well play who they don't want, who don't care about you know, burning a red shirt with and just get it over with, see how, see what they can do. Um, I, I, I feel like, uh, you know, people, a lot of people would probably want to dump on TJ, but it, it wouldn't matter. You know, uh, even if miles came back and was a hundred percent better than he ever was, we're now you're putting him at risk for getting hurt again. Cause he, you know, the O-line can't protect him. It's just so weird how it happens. You know, other programs, they're just so deep at quarterback like Clemson, you know, Trevor Lawrence missed two games because of COVID or whatever. And, uh, you know, they missed time last year too, but every time someone stepped in, it's like they, A, they didn't lose, but I mean, they might've came close, but they found a way to win. But whatever it was, they didn't look flat. They didn't look like a completely different team once you got to the, to the second string. Even the Saints are doing it. I know it's different with the NFL, but it's like you're comparing Drew Brees to basically, you know, Taysom Hill, at, you know, just coming out of BYU, it just—I uh, mean, there's such a different, a different scheme there. But it's like they—they're finding ways to win. They're just using what they have. Yeah, I mean, I like last, if, last year they went five and zero with Teddy Bridgewater as their starter. So, like, if you have the solid program and foundation around the player, you can right. adapt in the short term, I guess. Yeah. So I guess that's that's one thing I want to bring up is we talked about you know after the first few games and the defense being horrible, thinking. Oh man, it's Pelini out at the end of the year. I don't think so. I think they've turned around. Uh, I'm just wondering if it's somebody on the offense that, that might have to be gone at the end of the year. I don't know if it's Insminger. I don't. I, I'm not. I don't know. I just. I, I don't know if it's him or if it's just the personnel that they have that they can't put it together. But I know one thing: LSU. You know, gotta love Coach O for all that he is. But I mean, he's just not an offensive guru. He's a defensive guy. So you got to bring in an offensive guru. I get that they wanted to go with Insminger, and that was fine. But, you know, they brought in Joe Brady, and it, that changed everything. I know you need a Joe Burrow to complete that, but it's like LSU does not have someone that has developed a quarterback there. No one there has developed one. Our best quarterbacks have been transfers. Uh, I, I still think Miles is the best guy on our team, but it's like Insminger's had him the whole time he's been here. And, uh, you know, it's just even – in the few started. games we got, Miles, it wasn't like Burrow 2.0. Right. Or it wasn't even like – it didn't have to be Burrow 2.0. Yeah, you're be. right. It wasn't even Etling 2.0. <laughs> right. It's just – but basically it's like Insminger is the guy who can who is responsible for all that. It's he like if, the if, days if of Zach gonna, 
Yeah. If he's not going to develop someone, bring someone is that will. Bring someone in that will or can because they, their offense is always going to look like this until they address that issue, I think. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe he resigns gracefully at the end of the year, but um, I, I think they have to – I think they have to bring in another Joe Brady or they have to bring in something different to address their quarterback issue because it, I think it exists now, now that Joe Burrow's gone. The other one to watch is, is Scott, Scott Linehan. He might be the one to go. Um, you know, he was the passing game court. He's the, the guy who came in for Joe Brady and, and, you know, took over that passing game coordinator position. Um, so he could totally be, you know, that, that could totally be a, a guy to go. Um, right. And maybe, maybe you know, I think that a lot of people have said, and I kind of believe it, that programs, especially like LSU, will probably have a hard time firing a bunch of people just because of the way that, you know, the, the budget is this year and the way that, you know, football is – all the sports are down with, with as far as revenue goes. But I feel like passing in coordinators is a small enough position to where, like, yeah, if they want to get rid of somebody and get, put, get some fresh blood in, like that's a place they could do it without having to get rid of the, the act, the OC, you know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. Cause I, I don't think they, they would want to just let go of Inspinger. He's, he's been a lot to the program. He's been around for a few years, you know, he, he helped them win the title, but uh, I don't know, maybe he just needs some help. Uh, I don't think it's something Hugh Freeze would want to do, but I feel like we need somebody like that that can just come in and like help transform things again. Yeah. I don't know who that guy might be, but. And then another thing is how the season as a whole ends up because right now we're three and four and we're staring down Alabama and Florida. We're three and five. That's what we are. <laughs> yeah. And then Florida after that, and then Ole Miss may or may not get played. So looking in all likelihood, like a three and six, probably at best four and six season. So like, I mean, in a program like LSU, like how many coaches survive that type of thing? I mean, not everybody goes 15 and 0 and wins a national championship the year prior, but I mean, the, the pressure's on all around. Uh, and I think we're going to see a lot of coaching shifts after this year. I mean, you look at programs like Penn State and Michigan um, and others who are really just suffering this year. And uh, sad to say we might be in that boat, but I guess we'll find out. I don't know if we, I don't know if we lose Coach O this year, but, I mean, he is – his seat next year, his seat will be hot to start off. Yeah. I don't think we, he can survive another season like this. Ima- okay. Like imagine next year, things go back to normal. We play a real season. We play some non-con like who do we, do we have any like notable non-conference? Are we playing Clemson at Clemson? I don't think so. I think it's a 2022 season. Okay. But yeah, the one thing all kind of all the coaches have in their back pocket is like, this is like the kind of the COVID, oh, know, the COVID yeah. year. So they have a little bit of an excuse like, Oh, it just wasn't the same. We had to play only SEC teams. We didn't have a practice. We didn't have practice. Yeah. So um, I think people kind of across the country are going to get to use that. Uh, yeah. Like how many, like all our, guys, all our players opted out. Like I couldn't control this. I mean, he keeps having guys opt out on him. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's that, that's not Coach O. I don't know. If maybe. I don't know. I, I just don't think it is. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd say the defense is current around. The, the special teams is kind of ho-hum. You know, Kid York missed a field goal, but uh, I don't think that was really going to make or break the game. Um, I mean, our punt returns have, and kick returns have been a little quiet lately. So I, I don't know if they they need they have just can't get anything going there. But I'm looking forward to – well – in order to get those sparks that you need, you need your playmakers. And 
I, I don't know if this is on Coach O or not, but he keeps losing his playmakers, offensive right. and defensive. But like he this week, he just lost Terrence Marshall. You know, the the number one receiver. At the beginning of the season, he lost his number one receiver before they even played a game. So I, I don't know. It's like the the one side of the ball where we're we're losing the most people there. You know, that's 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 what we can't seem to correct. So they're going to have to go without Terrace Marshall for the rest of the year. And I, I don't know. I, I almost made a joke saying he didn't, you know, he didn't opt out. He copped out because <laughs> I, feel, I feel like the timing is very weird here. Um, I, I get it if the offensive didn't have a good production and now you just lost. I don't know. The, the team's probably not like it was last year, but uh, that's more of an opportunity for you to showcase yourself. If you just realize, you know what, I know they can't fix this, but like, why not just finish out with the team for the rest of the year or, you know, just wait until you play Alabama. It's like that's a supposedly, you know, I think it's going to be on a national stage. Um, if you got something to prove, you can prove it against them. Do you, I, I just don't understand the timing of like, why now? Unless it's just, all right, I, I've given up. I've given this offense a shot and it's only getting worse. So, why injure yeah. myself? Yeah, to me, it looks uh, this is probably more going on, but it almost looks like he's a little bit scared of matching up against Patrick Sertain and Alabama, and just saying like he doesn't want to get shut down or whatever there, and keep his his draft stock kind of as high as it can be uh, at this point. And I wonder if that's something the NFL scouts will take into account. It's like he had the stiffest competition, like theoretically a really hard competing player would want to try and showcase himself there and prove that he can beat the best against certain is probably going to be the first corner off the board this year. Um, and then, so that would, that would help him a lot if you could have a big game there, but instead he's like, nah, I'm going to just kind of do my thing. It also doesn't really make sense. Like you already played seven games. Like, why can't you just play like two more? Uh, I don't really buy the the injury no, no. argument there. I mean, we've seen it before, like Leonard Fournette opting out of the bowl game because he said he didn't want to get hurt or, or whatever. But so, I mean, it happens. But it's like you already played most of the season. Just finish strong and stick with your team, I guess. This, this is the new – I mean, this is – Scott, you kind of you kind of mentioned or and Daniel said something similar as well. Like, you know, how the you get all these excuses of like – Oh, it's COVID. Like, oh, we can't do that because it's COVID. You know, it, it, I've been doing a lot of Black Friday shopping recently, uh, as most people are. And I've been dealing with this one company, and like every response, like they, they basically wouldn't ship me the thing I was paying. I, I, they charged my credit card. Like they said my thing had shipped. Then they said it was delayed. Then they said it was never going to come. Then, like, a whole thing. Every time I would call the call the thing, I would have to wait on the phone for 35 minutes to get just to get to a human. And then they would tell me, oh, well, like we can't give you I'd be like, OK, well, when is it going to ship? And they'd be like, oh, well, we don't really know. Like, I'm sorry. It's just due, due to the pandemic. Like it's taking a lot of time <clears throat> due to the pandemic. Our, our shipping is slower due to the pandemic. Our factory is not moving as fast. Well, like that's like that kind of excuse. It's like, well, you still charge my credit card right? Like, like you still have my money. So I'd like to get my item. Well, that kind of excuse is like applies to everything now. So, you know, as, whereas probably like two, uh, even just a year ago, if I, you know, like what, I guess Arkansas was like the, was like one of the bottom dwellers of the sec last year. I feel like there would be not necessarily an uproar, but like, you know, people would be mad, especially like all Arkansas people would be mad if their star player 
what just like was like, no, I'm not going to pull. Like, I'm not going to finish the season the last like two games. Mm -hmm. I think they'd be mad about that. I think that, I think that would be an ESPN story. I think people would be like, yeah, this is not good, but because of this pandemic, they can just like, Oh, well, you know, I'm concerned about COVID. So I'm just not going to play at safety. And then, and then everybody gets a pass. So yeah, I, I don't buy the, I don't buy the injury thing. I don't buy the safety thing. I think that it's, I think that it's uh, as simple as, yeah, you got Alabama coming up. We look terrible. The offense, you know, he, he basically is like, I'm not going to get any catches and I don't want to play. Like, I don't want, you know, it's like, I don't even want to, I'm done. And he was the one leading like the players only meeting, like rallied the troops, uh-huh. supposedly whatever. Although to- what if the players only meeting was like, he was like, things aren't looking good. He's like, boys. things aren't good. Everyone just, let's all quit. <laughs> <laughs> Pack it in. Wouldn't that uh, be something? Could you imagine if that was the case? Like, he's like, I'm gone after this game. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I'm leaving after this game, and I encourage all of you to do the same. <laughs> right. Like now, Coach O is worried about having to field a team. Um, I don't know. It's uh, <laughs> it's something. Something is up with with the program, and I don't know what it is, and I don't know who is the call. Like, I don't know if it's a if it's a a, a coaching issue, a player issue a a hangover issue from the from the you know from the national championship team where it's like you know well what do i have to play for these days Mm -hmm. you know that kind of thing i don't know what it is but this is not normal like this is not the normal this is not a normal down year this is not a normal rebuilding year i think we could all take a rebuilding year we all understood going in hey 19 19 starters went to the nfl most ever you know we all understood that they had no spring game, they had no spring practice, they had bare, an abbreviated fall camp. But even even it, with all of that said, this is still not the way it's supposed to happen. This is not normal, and I think something needs to happen. Something needs to change. Right, because the the argument you just made, guess what? Everyone else that we have played has had the same conditions. Exactly. So it's like you can't you can't blame you can't blame COVID because uh, you know Alabama doesn't seem to be affected by it. You can't. Blame you know, A and M doesn't also really seem to be affected by it. So it, it, I just, I think that goes out the window. You could like the people can use COVID as an excuse, but uh, like I, I don't know. Um, it doesn't I, play. Like, no, no. But uh, I think for the same reason, uh, like Coach O couldn't survive this type of season next year. I think he can this year, um, yeah. especially even if they didn't win the title last year. Like if, if somehow Clemson pulled it off or, you know, just whatever, even if they didn't even make the playoffs, but if he had a good year, but I don't think, I think this year buys him that uh, same reason for all these players opting out. But I just, uh, hopefully this is an anomaly and it just doesn't happen again. Uh, but I, I know I kind of, you know, you got to feel for coach O, but um, uh, yeah, it's just like, what, what else, what else can you do? Um, us fans and maybe even some of the players, I don't know, maybe they we've been spoiled by our, you know, our previous successes. So this, this thing where after we just had the best season ever, and I don't know, maybe a lot of people just expected things to be better. And now that it's not, you know, they just, they don't, they don't want to deal with it anymore. Um, it just doesn't, like you said, there's, there's something off with the team. There's uh, there just doesn't seem to be any, well, I wouldn't say any, there's some fight. It's like if things are going well, there's some fight and they look good. And it uh, looks like, you know, uh, semblances of the team from last year. But uh, like games this past weekend, 
and the game against Auburn, completely different teams. You know, it just it doesn't make sense. I think that's why it falls on Coach O, but I, I don't know. Yeah, there's something, there's something amiss, but I don't know if we'll we'll find out until the season's over. You know, that's that's when people start to talk. Yeah. No, I mean, I I, I am anxious. Like once all the dust settles, and you know when we'll really start to start to hear some, you know, hear what what actually happened when the NFL draft comes around, because that's when all the stories of oh well, how was this guy in a locker room? How was this guy as a teammate? That's when we'll start to hear. I think I think we'll I think a lot of light will be shed on what exactly happened to a lot of these players. You know, the opt outs, the all that kind of stuff. I think we'll hear that around the NFL draft time. And the same thing too. Like if the players who did opt out end up getting drafted, basically at the spot they would have been taken before they did opt out. Like so, there was no real like penalty for it. Then I think you're going to see a lot more of it next year as well. Because people are like, oh, like that's fine. But if they start falling like a couple rounds, then people might kind of scramble to to get back on the field. Uh, maybe that's just kind of right. a hypothesis. Right. Well, I don't know. Once you declare though, you can't come back. So I would say, yeah, the stories will start to come out about the draft about the players. But you know, there's going to be, I think, even more scrutiny now because of, you know, all this this Title IX stuff that's uh, that's kind of looming over the football program. Uh, you know, it's like, are any of these guys potential? Uh, you know, are, are they going to be a liability? Uh, you know, what stories haven't been made public yet that you know weren't even filed with police? Who knows? Uh, what was it? Um, remember, right before the draft, Lyle Collins. Like his draft stock sunk because some report came out um, about a you know him and a I guess a, a, an ex girlfriend or something, and it sunk him. Mm-hmm. So he ended up signing with the Cowboys. Jerry Jones gave him like a really nice deal. Uh, and then he like made up for it the next year because he he worked his butt off and he looked really good and the Cowboys offense looked good and uh, he got paid. But yeah, it was just some story that came out. So it's who knows what's going to come out between now and draft day. So I don't know. It would be nice to have some light shed on this, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe we can find a, 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 a beat, a, a beat reporter that give us a, an inside scoop because it just doesn't make sense. And, you know, you got Alabama coming up this week. So I, I just don't know. I can't imagine what's going on in that football ops building. Do, do they just go in and go, I don't know. What do you guys want to try this week? Cause <laughs> What what else can we do? I mean, I I hope we come out. You know, I hope I hope this is not a replay. I feel like it might be, but I mean, we all remember the 2018 Alabama game. The last time Alabama came to Tiger Stadium, it was it was, it was terrible. It was a bloodbath. It, I mean, I don't think the score was like I don't think we. It wasn't like we lost by a hundred points or something. It was but, twenty-nine to zero. Yeah, but I mean, we got our we got our, you know clocks clean it, it was pretty much this game where like we just couldn't move the ball on offense yeah. and then every every team you're like all right this is they're just gonna score they're gonna get it like just one point on the board Devin White's gonna come back in the second half oh, I remember that that and was then, hilarious and then that dude. didn't help anything and then I remember at the end they were like went down and they went to kick a field goal I was like all right we're gonna put three on the board and then they shanked the field goal yeah uh, called Tracy and it's like well it all sucks see you later <laughs> well I, I I hope that if you know we're gonna I, I, I think it's pretty much given like we're gonna lose like Right, I don't I, think we've ever been more sure about anything this year. Yeah, I think it's a ninety-nine percent chance we lose. Um, but I want to lose in style. 
let's let's get whoever we can get. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's I don't care if it's you know uh, TJ Max Johnson or a walk on or the practice squad guy. Let's get a guy out there. Let's sling the ball around. Let's get our freshman wide receivers out here. Let's, you know, hey, five stars out, you know, come out of here. Four stars, okay. Three stars, walk on anybody. You know, let's get everybody out there. Let's hand the ball off to them. Let's, let's like, just make this an exhibition game because, and see what we can do because the season's over pretty much. We're going to, you know, we'll probably go to a bowl because like, you know, half the, half the teams probably won't even be qualified for bowls because they'll have only played like two games total because um, of all the cancellations and the late season starts and whatever, we'll probably go to like the, you know, the tax layer bowl or something, but um, independence. <laughs> yeah. We'll go to the independence bowl. We'll go to, we'll go to wherever. Um, but who cares? Like, let's go out there and just, just throw it around. And I guess, you know, feels, it feels weird to say this about like division one sec college football, but like, I guess go out and have some fun. I don't know. Because yeah. the because the thing is there's no competing. <laughs> like I don't I don't think that there's a uh, you know there's not a world where basically I, I'd say my pick for the Heisman Trophy Mac Mac Jones and you know I mean I don't know you're shaking your head Scott when you put Kyle Trask above him or T- Trevor I feel like no. Trevor's out. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it just. I don't know. Just looking at the stat line, and just some of the some of the games are just not, you know. Also, it's hard to win the Heisman when you don't play two games, like because he sat for COVID, which kind of hurt him. Talking that. about Trevor? Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, I know Scott's talking about. You're talking about Mac doesn't look good enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I I don't know. I just it's it's not a uh, it's not as good of a Heisman race as last year. I'll say that. Uh, it's still still more to be seen, obviously, but yeah, I just. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm maybe I'm uh, biased, but I just I just don't get it. Um, I would say, but here's the thing: is like, yeah, we have to go play the game, and I agree with you. I think they need to do anything they can. That's pretty much what, what Missouri did to us, you know, mm-hmm. and they won. That's pretty much what Arkansas did defensively against us, and, and they almost won. And I don't know if you watched the Saints game this past week, but they didn't even have a quarterback. They had to hire some guy off the practice squad who played a little bit of quarterback. They mostly did a bunch of you know design runs, wildcats, stuff like that. But the Broncos didn't even have a starting quarterback on their roster. And, I mean, it obviously didn't end up well. But it's like they, they did it. They, they game-planned something. They had a week to figure it out. He, he only had like 16 plays, I think, uh, for him. So I don't know. It's like you got to come up with something if you're in Sminger, you know, or um, Lenahan, and just say, "Well, we haven't tried this. We didn't. We weren't going to. This is one of our fun plays. We'd we'd try when we're up twenty-eight nothing on somebody. But like, what do you do? You're going up against Alabama. I'd say throw the kitchen sink at them. Yeah. So and. I, if, if basketball season hadn't started yet, I'd say go talk to Owe and see if they could borrow some of these six six guys, put them on the O line. I don't know, maybe there's a tuba player out there that's got some good footwork, <laughs> but they need somebody on that O line that can block somebody for three seconds because uh, you know they they couldn't. They made a and M look like it's still well, Kurt. Well, where's where's Duberville? You know what I mean? Where's Cardell Thomas? I haven't seen them play this entire year, and they're you know five stars, right? So like. 
maybe maybe get the maybe get the young guys in. I guess they haven't looked as good in practice. I don't know. Um, but that's but, been one of the things too that, like, you know, over the last few years, LSU they didn't have you know like a starting five at least not a whatever they envisioned as their starting five is not what it ended up being. And they kind of rotated and have guys move around until they found something that worked. So I, I don't know what the holdup is now, but I'd say some of this probably falls on James Craig, unless, you know, just the cupboard is bare and they're just giving us the best they have. And it's just, it's just not good enough. So I, I don't know, maybe, maybe there is nothing that can be done, but I, I don't know. They, they haven't tried everything they need to, you know, but um, yeah, I don't know. I think that's uh, I don't know. Do you do you dare even put out a score? I don't. I don't think I need to. I, I'd say if they do better than twenty nine nothing, then we're doing good. But would the Saints win like thirty thirty one to three or thirty three to three, something like that? Yeah, um, I believe Alabama's favored by twenty nine. This against LSU. If I had to guess, I think it's going to be pretty close to that. Something like forty to ten, maybe is is pretty reasonable we'll probably put up a couple points at home one touchdown seems reasonable and uh a&m will probably pour it on with Devonte smith and john mechie and Najee harris and you can't really do much about it unfortunately if you're the tigers yeah yep. I, mean, I think i think that alabama is too deep they're too talented they're too uh you know they're too they, they can do it all that they, they have every facet of the game down got a good quarterback they've got a good run game they got a good passing game good defense great linebackers great secondary um you know so yeah i think i think we lose i think we lose by a fair margin i'd take alabama with the points um you know gosh this is like this is what the second week in a row we picked against lsu and i mean i think we'll probably both i think we'll we'll definitely We'll go two and zero this year. This these past two weeks, so else you covered the spread against A and M. No, I mean I didn't mean with the spread. I just meant like we picked. Oh yeah, yeah. Then no, we to, think they're going to lose to lose. Yeah, you can't can't really. I mean, well, we're not we're not complete fanboys in that regard. You know. Yeah, I know. Um, like I'm not going to say oh, LSU's going to win nine six against Alabama, but it's just uh, it's just not in the cards for us this year, and it's really depressing because. We thought, you know, I, I for one thought we'd made that step, and I guess we haven't. Maybe we have. Maybe this is just like, you know, maybe we took one. We're taking one giant step back to take two steps forward next year. But right now, it, you know, it does not feel that way. No, not right now. But like you said, they're playing a lot of people, so maybe they're just they're trying to groom people for next year because uh, once that season calls around, they're going to have to hit the ground running come for that spring game. Uh, and, and in a way, you know, hopefully they'll be slightly better off, at least the guys that are sticking around, because, you know, they, they won't have as, as much of this grind this season. You know, like you said, they didn't have the, the spring game and they didn't have all these other things this year. So hopefully they've had a, their bodies have had a chance to recharge. And I don't know, maybe that'll help us going next year. But, um, so yeah, what do we got? Alabama and Florida and, and Ole Miss. I'd say we're lucky if we go one and two uh if we went two and one that would be overachieving that would be amazing i just oh, yeah if we go if we go two and one um 
that's I mean that's basically assuming we beat Florida because yeah, that's a win. We're not yeah. beating out. And the Ole Miss game is questionable whether it's even going to be played because right now they're trying to play it the same week as the SEC championship because LSU and Ole Miss will not be playing in that game. Uh, but I think they still could could nix it potentially. I think just to kind of not take away the thunder from the championship. And I mean I know it's a little bit premature to pick that game, but I think that I could I think that. Ole Miss has the strong advantage in that game if it is played on the SEC Championship Day. I think we won't want to be there. I think Ole Miss will have something to play for. They're a young, scrappy team. They've got there's a lot of energy around Lane Kiffin. That the players seem to be happy about you know what they're doing. I think we won't want to be playing. I think that we have enough players on our team now who were who said who would say last year we were at, in Atlanta playing for the SEC Championship. Now we're playing in a bogus game you know, opposite the SEC championship, I, I I would pick us to lose that game as well. And that's just, that's, that's yeah. pretty sure. You know what? That's a Tommy Sharp alert. If you can go ahead and get that, get that game from your book, I'd go take it now. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. Sharp. I mean, but yeah, but Ole Miss has sucked for years. So they, they, yeah, you're right. They like, this is their bowl game. That last game, they will, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe that'll reignite the Magnolia bowl. <laughs> um, LSU needs to be scrappy, though, man. I think uh, it'll definitely just show where they're at as far as pride in themselves as a program on how they finish this year. If they play their guts out and give Alabama a good game, even if they lose by three touchdowns, I'd say that's great. You know, at least you're seeing some flashes of what you thought you'd see. Uh, Same against Florida and uh, uh, Ole Miss, but obviously remains to be seen. Um, But just in time for... As kind of LSU kind of crescendos out, LSU basketball is starting to pick up because uh, they kicked off their season. They went one and one so far. Uh, yeah, I watched the first game. It was against uh, Southern Illinois University Edwardsville. So not exactly a, a titan of college basketball. I had never heard of them myself, but LSU handled it. They kind of did their classic thing where they got out to a big lead early and then let the other team come back in just to make it close in the second half. And then they, they eventually pulled away for a, a 13 point win. They hung 94 on them. So that's pretty good. And then I, I did not get to watch the second game on Saturday against St. Louis. I was busy watching the, uh, the football but they, yeah, they dropped that one pretty close, eighty-five to eighty-one. And St. Louis is a decent team; they were, make the tournament pretty much every year, so that's nothing to be too ashamed of. But it would have been nice to to pick that one up. I think the from what I saw in the, the first game and in the stat line, uh, Cam Thomas, their five-star true freshman, is kind of the real deal. People were hyping him up as yeah. like a big, big true scorer, and he scored I think twenty-eight in the first one and twenty-six in the second, which for a player in his first two college games ever that's pretty great and then I think he was named SEC freshman of the week so good on him but yeah they uh don't look exactly like world beaters which is kind of what we expected but they got a solid team and they got two games against in-state rivals this week um and then a few other non-conference games coming up so hopefully they can build some momentum hopefully that'll kind of make us forget about this football season if uh if LSU basketball starts to take form, um, I don't know. Are they? Were they? They're not playing right now, though, right? Uh, they play. They start in six minutes against Southeastern, uh, Southeastern Louisiana at home. That's their home opener, and then they play next, or they play Sunday at home against Louisiana Tech. So those are the two ones upcoming. 
Very nice. Hopefully that'll uh, put us back in the uh, in the above 500 column if we can get those two wins. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll probably switch switch gears after uh, after these uh, after these football games close out. Um, I don't know. It still remains to be seen if we're going to be in a in a bowl game, but uh, I don't know. It'd have to be a really good bowl game, right, for us to like schedule around it. I mean, like it's it's like if we're if it is some weird game in a weird city. I don't know. Like I, I don't know if I'd be that excited to watch it. Like it, unless it just worked out perfectly to where I could. But you know, if they're playing on Christmas Day. I, I just don't know. I mean, I'll watch it. I'm definitely going to watch it. But yeah. Yeah. I'm not gonna like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we're already we're already at three and four. So even if we did finish one and two, uh, I don't know. I guess we would. I don't know. They've take they've taken. Well, th- this year they they announced a while back that all the the record restrictions are just off. The Bulls can take any teams that they want. Oh, really? Um, oh. Just because of I don't know whether it's namely because of COVID or the the. Um, how many games every team is playing so it's harder to compare but yeah theoretically a winless team Vanderbilt can make a bowl if they wanted to if somebody just died to have the Commodores but yeah I I think it's reasonable that some lesser bowl would pick LSU just because of the prestige and the prestige and the fan base that people show up uh better than picking like Western Michigan or something yeah I agree I think I I don't know if there's a good bowl in Houston but they that would seem like a a smart place to go like to if you wanted to have lsu sell some tickets you know well, yeah, I mean, you said it earlier like the independence bowl you invite lsu to the independence bowl and think sells out i would think yeah or, or even the, something uh, like an independence bowl or a new orleans bowl yeah lsu versus uh ul or something like that that That'd would be, be kind of cool a, actually. a pretty big game I, okay if, if lsu plays ul or if lsu played like I don't know if Tech's going to make a bowl, but like if LSU played another Louisiana team, Tulane, they played a, another Louisiana team in like the Independence Bowl or the New Orleans Bowl. Like we're going, Daniel. Yeah, because be especially even UL, because I think they're what seven and one. They beat Iowa State this year. Like yeah. that actually be a matchup that a, a lot of people yeah, would they're be interested in seeing. Yeah, um, that would be that would be something if they played UL. I know UL would love that, especially this year. They they'd probably feel like they could take it to LSU this year. True. Um, uh, and so, yeah, since you mentioned Vanderbilt, I just I saw that uh, they had fired Derek Mason. So there's going to be a changing of a guard o- over there with the uh, in, in you know in Commodore lands. Um, and actually, speaking of you know feel, not being able to field a team, uh, they got hit pretty hard by uh, I guess COVID, and actually had to recruit a, so- a soccer player from the women's soccer team just to kick the the second half kickoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Vanderbilt did not score. They didn't even come close to kicking a field goal, I don't think. Uh, but, you know, just in that one moment, they made history having uh, the first woman in like a Power 5 football game. Um, so that was that was something. I guess I guess. So that yeah, I don't think it's going to be a trend. I think that just, you know, it, the situation called for it. They needed somebody. Uh, she came out and kicked the kicked the ball because none of the other guys could. Uh, I say so be. That's why I say, you know, if you're at Orgeron, see, find somebody out there that can play offensive line. I'll hold tryouts. Why not? Surely, there's got to be one person out there, like one warm body, that that has some football, some sports experience. I'll do it. I'll do it for the program. 
You, you yeah. play Daniel, did you play like what right tackle? Yeah, I could. <laughs> At 5'9, 160. <laughs> Blind side. <laughs> I can hold up against Alabama's rushers. <laughs> they would need a stretcher on the first play. <laughs> for the for their defensive end. Yeah, that's true. We're not pancaking. <laughs> Right. Well, I mean, if I get my shot at quarterback, you know, you're going to have to be there to protect me. So, uh, I don't know. There'll definitely be a stretcher being pulled out, though. Um, I don't know. It was, it was that we pretty much hit everything. We. Uh, I think that's all the news. We'll probably be back with some more depressing recap next week, <laughs> uh, and maybe some something. some other personnel news. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. More opt outs. More losses. You heard it. You'll hear it here first on Talking Tigs. Soon, this podcast host will be opting out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I feel like we could at least uh, fulfill our commitment to the end of the season. It's only three more, right? Like, it, honestly, if it get, if it gets any worse, we'll just we'll just have to make light of it. No, we'll, I, st- I stand with Terrace Marshall. I'm sitting out the rest of the season to focus on the uh, the, the NFL podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> We're transitioning to the you're gonna get You're going to get drafted to an NFL podcast, Daniel. Exactly. Oh, there you go. Uh, well, uh, don't forget about us when you do, but um, I guess that'll do it for us here this week. Uh, tune in next week. We'll have a, a delicious Alabama game to go over. Any, uh, well, hopefully we can cover these, uh, these basketball scores too uh, by then and anything else that comes up, as we said. So until then... Stay safe, stay tuned, and we'll talk to you next time on Talking Takes.